This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by BHP. Reducing greenhouse gas emissions in the production of copper is critical. That's why BHP has committed to solar, wind and battery agreements to help power their copper mine at Olympic Dam in South Australia. It's happening now at BHP. Visit bhp.com slash critical to find out more. Over the past week, we've been hearing details about a migrant boat disaster off the coast of Greece, with hundreds of passengers from that boat still missing and presumed dead. This tragedy occurred at a time when European countries are becoming less and less welcoming to asylum seekers. So in this Squish Shortcut, we're going to go through what we know of the recent boat disaster, as well as the latest on Europe's attitudes towards migration. Squish Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Alex Tai. And I'm Alice Dempster. Alice, this is a story that broke in the middle of last week and has continued to develop this week as we learn more about the scale of the tragedy as well as new details about how this disaster occurred. So we thought it would be a good story to get people across. Mm. And I think we should start this episode off with a quote from the EU Commissioner for Home Affairs, Ilva Johansson, about the latest tragedy. Yeah, so she's a high-up politician in the European Union, and at the end of last week she said, we don't have all the information yet on what has happened, but it seems like this is the worst ever tragedy we've seen in the Mediterranean. And in the middle of this week, it's the case that we still don't have all the information about this tragedy. Mm. But to begin, let's talk about what we do know about the disaster. So throughout the day last Wednesday, Greek officials were aware of a crowded shipping vessel that was travelling through the Mediterranean Sea. We know that the boat had come from Libya and was taking hundreds of asylum seekers to Italy. We also know that at about 11pm local time, the boat overturned and sank. About 100 people were rescued, but nearly as many bodies were recovered in the immediate aftermath and the UN estimates that about 500 people are still missing, including children. As for how and why the boat sank, Alex, the Greek Coast Guard says that at the beginning of the day, people on the boat refused assistance and that they were escorting the migrant boat from a distance as it maintained a steady course towards Italy. But Maritime tracking data that came out in the last few days has contradicted that story. It shows boat activity around a single location over the course of several hours before the migrant ship sank. And certainly even before that maritime tracking data was revealed, protests across Greece accused the Coast Guard of not doing enough to help a ship that was clearly overburdened and in distress. United Nations officials have called for a further investigation into exactly what happened at sea. But for now, Greek authorities have actually arrested nine of the survivors of the shipwreck on suspicion that they were the people smugglers responsible for the boat. Those people arrested are from Egypt, which is where the boat is said to have first originated. And as for the people on board the ship, reports say they were primarily from Egypt, Syria and Pakistan. In Pakistan, the Prime Minister has declared a national day of mourning for the Pakistanis who died in the shipwreck to be held this coming Monday. Alice, that's what we know so far, so now might be a good time to step back a bit and look at the context of this shipwreck. Mm. Why were these asylum seekers on this boat in the first place? And what is Europe's approach to people arriving by boat? 
Before we get into what might be in the news next week, a message from our podcast advertiser, BHP. This week, they're keen to share with Squizzers how the resources they mine are key to the energy transition to renewable energy. Yeah, we often hear about the push towards renewable energy, but what doesn't get as much attention is the role resources play in making that transition possible. Take steel, for instance. It's a key material used in the construction of renewable energy infrastructure, as well as in bridges, transportation, hospitals and schools. And a big part of it comes from iron ore. BHP says the importance of responsibly produced Australian iron ore is clear. And by that, they mean reducing the greenhouse gas emissions associated with iron ore production. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power their port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP. And if you want to learn more, visit bhp.com forward slash critical. You'll find that link in your episode notes. Okay, Alice, let's take a look at some of the whys of this story. Why were hundreds and hundreds of asylum seekers on a ship bound for Italy? Yeah, it's a great question, but it doesn't have one simple answer that you can point to, Alex. Mm. Reports say that there are a number of reasons why people are fleeing poorer countries to seek a life in Europe, including conflict in their home countries, migration forced by climate change and economic meltdowns in different parts of the world. And on that point of economic meltdowns around the world, you can just imagine that the global factors that have caused, for example, high inflation in Australia are also being felt in damaging ways around the world. Yeah, for example, the place where most asylum seekers in the Mediterranean are coming from, according to the United Nations Refugee Agency, is Tunisia. That's a country in northern Africa where an authoritarian leader is eroding democracy and their economy is in dire straits. Now, the actual numbers of people arriving to Europe is nowhere near the levels of the 2015 and 2016 migrant crisis, but clearly tens of thousands of Tunisians are seeking a better life in Europe. And that brings us to the other side of the journey, to Europe and to European politics. Back in 2015, amid that surge of migrants fleeing Syria's civil war, some people might remember that Angela Merkel of Germany actually announced that they would take in one million asylum seekers. That was really a moment of national pride for Germany. But in the years since, as migrants have continued to arrive, the consensus in Europe around where these migrants should be able to live has broken down. And countries like Greece and Italy that are on the Mediterranean have become less than pleased with all of the migrants arriving on their shores. And in fact, in the week before the recent sinking of the asylum boat off Greece, European lawmakers, including those connected to the far right in Italy, endorsed harsher new rules that allow countries to decide for themselves where they can send back people who were denied asylum. So that is the official European policy direction on migration, but there has also been an unofficial change towards how migrants are treated. Yeah, so the attitude of individual countries and their border guards has become a lot less welcoming towards asylum seekers. The best evidence we have of this is a video that was verified by the New York Times, which shows the Greek Coast Guard taking asylum seekers, putting them on a life raft and allowing that raft to float towards Turkish waters where it was eventually picked up. So that is a clear breach of international law and Mm. it gives you some sense of how the Greek authorities, or at least some of them, were treating asylum seekers prior to this recent deadly capsizing. 
And that's your shortcut on people seeking asylum in Europe and the boat tragedy off the coast of Greece. We will be following the major developments in this story on the Squiz Today podcast and newsletter, so make sure you're subscribed. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Kate Watson, co-host of News Club and The Weekly Wrap, jumping in here to say thank you for listening to our podcasts first and foremost. And if you like them, we'd really appreciate it if you could share them. Tell your mates about us. Tell your family. Tell your barista. Tell your hairdresser. Whoever you think might be interested in the news that we cover. You telling people about us is still the number one way we grow. Thanks in advance.